Great to be with you this morning. Uh, my name is Matt. For those of you who I haven't met, I'm one of the leaders here. If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Genesis 12, verse 1, and we'll pick up there in a moment. If you were with us last week, you know that we explored the concept uh, that as part of your identity, as of who you are in Christ, uh, central to that identity is this reality that you are a child of God who's been adopted into the family of God. And that was the focus of our teaching last week. And as I ended that teaching last week, we talked about the reality, briefly touched on the reality that because uh, you have been adopted into the family of God, as you come into that new household, not only do you have a new father who is in heaven, but you also, in the same breath, gain a bunch of uh, new brothers and sisters who are all over the world, two billion uh, followers of Jesus on the planet who become brothers and sisters, which means not only do you have a new father, but uh, you have all of these brothers and sisters, a family together, and you, within that you have a new lineage, uh, a new legacy, a new heritage, a new, uh, a new calling and mission as a family. You're now part of a family that, that has a calling on it, a mission in the world. If you've been around the last few weeks, you know that as we've been talking about identity, I have uh, you, uh, touched on this idea that uh, who you are informs and shapes what you do. Uh, and, and I've hopefully said that enough that it's lodged somewhere in your mind, that who you, if you know who you are, then you know what to do. So, so your concept or perception of who you are in Christ actually then shapes the rest of life. Uh, so in light of what we've been talking about, if you really are a son of God or a daughter of God, uh, adopted into the family, then as a result of that identity, you then know how to live. What makes sense for a child of God to engage in and what doesn't? Uh, you know how to relate to God and what to do with the one life that you've been given. In, this, in week one, we started by posing the questions that every human being has to answer as a matter of being human. They have to answer, whose stage am I on? Whose story or what story am I living? And what role am I called to play within that story? Whose stage am I on? What story am I living? What's the true story of humanity? And what role should I play within that story? And part of the way that we would answer that question is to say that I am a child of God, adopted into the family of God, and this family has a specific role to play in the redemption plan uh, that is unfolding in creation, that we have a new family that has a new mission, and that family uh, comes with a new lineage that can be traced back to Abraham. Abraham is the start of God's redemption plan. It is the start of this new and eternal family that God is creating. In fact, the scriptures say when you place your faith in Jesus, you actually become a child of Abraham. That's, that's your new family line, your new family story. So as we open up the scriptures and read about that family, you're actually reading about your family story and your family history. 
because you've been adopted into that family. And it all starts right here in Genesis 12, verse 1. Uh, This is the start of the story of Abraham. There really isn't, we're told about his lineage, and then it just starts with this call. God uh, comes to a man named Abram, and he says this. He says, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Before we go on, why don't you join me in prayer? Jesus, we come before you, Lord. Uh, we're always in your presence, but as we come into this place uniquely, we're gathering to you. We're becoming more aware of your presence. We're worshiping you. We, we want to be shaped by you. And I pray, Lord, as we uh, look at some, uh, what really are some sort of simple concepts and ideas today, I pray that you would get a hold of us, that you would ignite a fresh fire uh, in us for this global family and this global mission that we are a part of. Would you come, Holy Spirit? and um, unlock things within our hearts, uh, some of which have just been lying dormant, and we don't even know are there yet. Lord, would you come and just begin uh, breathing into those things uh, and bringing stuff to life that's been dead within us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, those few verses in, that we just read in Genesis 12 is really the, uh, the start of this eternal family that God is building and that we are adopted into, this uh, sons and daughters of Abraham that are to come. But notice that at the same moment that he's marking uh, this man and this family uh, that's, that we are later adopted into, in the same breath, he's also giving them a mission. So as soon as they have this identity, in fact, before they even really have an identity as children of God and the family of God, he's already given them this this calling and this mission that rests uniquely on this family, that I'm going to bless you, but it's for a purpose that you would go out and be a blessing, that through you I'm going to bless all all the peoples, all the families, all the ethnic groups of the world are going to be blessed through this family of Abraham. And later in the New Testament, we're actually told explicitly, no, this blessing that he spoke of was actually the gospel and the kingdom of God. He was speaking to Abraham about it in advance. This is the the blessing that's to be uh, taken out to every family, to every ethnic group, to every nation, uh, is to be uh, invited into this family. And so for the um, month ahead, we're going to be exploring that theme of being a part of a global family that's part of, that can trace its lineage back to Abraham, that has uh, been given a global mission, a global calling in the world. What does it look like to see ourselves as part of that global family on that global mission that starts right here in Genesis chapter 12? So we'll be exploring that in the weeks that lie ahead, and we won't be alone in exploring that. Some of you know that we are part of a global family of churches that's called Regions Beyond, which is roughly 200 churches uh, in almost 30 countries right around the world. 
in all sorts of different uh, cultures and contexts. And for the month of October, our entire global family right around the world is taking this month to uh, highlight what it looks like to be part of a global family, our togetherness in the gospel, and on a global mission together. We're going to pray for a gospel advance in the nations. So what that's going to look like here at River's Edge, uh, this is the plan for the month ahead. This morning, in just a few minutes, I'm going to interview Cameron Oliver, who's with us this morning from a Regions Beyond Church in Missoula, Montana, but ultimately from South Africa, uh, serving in Montana. And after he shares, we're going to get a video update from some of our Regions Beyond Churches in India and what they're facing right now, and we're going to pray for them. Next week, we're going to do a teaching on global family and global mission, which is just sort of taking a 30,000-foot view. What is the status? What does our global family look like? And uh, how is the global mission of God unfolding? Where are we at today, 2,000 years after the resurrection of Jesus? On October 15th, two weeks from this morning, we're gonna, I'm going to interview Brian Olson, who is actually here this morning, but is visiting us from Nepal. Um, yes, he was a part of River's Edge and left a year and a half ago to, a, what? Well, yes, yeah. He was here every Sunday uh, until a year and a half ago when he left to go to Nepal. Uh, and he is back visiting, so we're going to interview him and hear an update on what God's doing in Nepal. And uh, then the week after that, we're going to highlight some, un- some of the unique work that God is doing in the Philippines. Through the course of these four weeks, every Sunday there's going to be an opportunity to give, and all of that giving is going to happen through Church Center, which is our, you can go on our website or on the app and give through that avenue. But uh, this morning we're going to have an opportunity to give to the Indian churches and what they're facing there. Uh, Next Sunday is actually the global offering. So once a year, all, uh, every region's beyond church, uh, once, a, once a year takes a global offering that goes towards supporting and gospel advance in the nations. Our goal as a global family this year is to raise $300,000 through that global offering. And we are one small part of that, um, but we want to play whatever role God would call us to play in that. So global offering next Sunday. The following Sunday, we're going to have an opportunity to give toward what God is doing uh, in and through Bo in Nepal. And then the following, that following Sunday, there'll be an opportunity to give into what God is doing in the Philippines. So every Sunday for the next four Sundays, we're going to be highlighting stuff that God is doing in the nations. We're going to be placing ourselves properly within this global family and global mission. Every Sunday, we're going to end the teaching time with an opportunity to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world and for the gospel to advance. There'll be an opportunity to give every Sunday. And the, uh, the one other opportunity that I want to highlight is that every Wednesday, uh, there's going to be a Zoom prayer meeting, which is open to anyone in the, glo- in the global regions beyond family. And because of all of the different time zones, we have to get people from like Australia and Southeast Asia right around the world to where we are on the west coast of America. And as a result, uh, for us, those prayer meetings land at 5 a.m. So if you're really motivated, 
Every Wednesday in October, you can jump online at 5 a.m. I know you don't have other plans at that time that would conflict with that. Um, and you have an opportunity to pray with brothers and sisters from dozens of countries all over the world as we lift one another up in prayer. And we'll be posting those Zoom links on Church Center. So if you, if you want to be a part of those, you should download the Church Center app uh, and connect through River's Edge, and you'll be able to access the Zoom meetings there. Uh, for this morning, I'm going to go ahead and invite up Cameron Oliver. Um, who is going, I'm going to interview this morning. Where's Cam? Oh, you were hiding. Okay, we can clap for him. Thanks. Here we are. Do you want this? Uh, no. Okay. Um, so for those of you who are familiar with Regents Beyond, I mentioned earlier, global family of churches right around the world. Regents Beyond was actually started through Cam and his family. And, and his father still leads uh, the entire Regions Beyond family. So the plan for this morning, I think the first question I'll, I'll pose to you has to do with uh, the global family of God, but specifically through your story. Uh, I think you have a unique perspective, not just on the birth of Regions Beyond, which is one, sorry, this seems driving me crazy, uh, which is one expression of a global family in the world, uh, but also you and your family, time and time again, have been called to, quote, go, you know, from your, your, the land you're familiar with, from your father's household, from your own people, and go to the land I will show you. I, I feel like that's almost been a theme uh, for you and your life, and probably will continue to be a theme. So the, the heart behind the interview this morning is just to hear through the lens of your life uh, your experience and perspective on the global family and the global mission of God. Uh, but maybe you could start by just sort of uh, giving us um, a short version of the story of like what did life look like for you uh, from the time you were born to say age 20 or 22 or something like that, those first couple decades. Well, good morning, everyone. Wonderful to be here again. Um, is there, there's a lot of kiddies in here. Um, anyone here six or seven years old? Raise a hand if you are. I know there's at least one, because I have a daughter, Leah, who's seven. Okay, you're listening. I think we've got another one there. So when I was uh, six or seven, um, we as a family moved from Cape Town, South Africa. That's where I was born. That's where my dad was born, where my family roots are. If you look at the map of Africa, it's the most southern city in the whole of Africa. Um, anyone been to Cape Town before here? Yes, right. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, we're going to have to talk about that afterwards, but it's a beautiful city. It's got this mountain called Table Mountain um, just on the ocean, and it really is flat, and when there's a cloud over it, they call it the, the tablecloth over this, over this mountain. It's got other mountain ranges, the Twelve Apostles and Lion's Head, and um, just a wonderful place to be. Um, but when I was about six or seven, my parents responded to a prophetic word that my dad had received actually in Canada at the Toronto Blessings. And um, this word was, um, you were called to the daisies of Africa, um, to, a, to a, uh, a people group without hope, um, and you were called to bring hope to the hopeless. Well... My parents had had a connection through our family for many years up north into South Africa, 
um, in an area called the Free State. And in that area, there's these, these flowers that grow along the side of the road, which you may know Cosmos. In fact, these guys are growing it. They've got some in their house, and we were talking about this yesterday. But Cosmos are called the daisies of Africa. So my dad immediately knew what it was. And because of our connection specifically to this area, um, he knew where God was calling us. And at that point, my dad was very involved with the church already. He hadn't been before that stage. Before that, he was a businessman. And I think I might have told you this before, but his main goal in life was to be a millionaire by the age of 30. And he was, he was quite successful at that time. His dad was part of his business. He, run, he ran like an alarm company. And he was doing really well for himself. Um, but this word came. He was super involved in church. He was kind of leading life groups and was kind of like really excited for the purposes of God. And uh, this word came, and he just had to respond to it. Um, so he came back home and chatted to my mom, and, and this kind of process began of us moving from kind of like where we were based to, to basically the middle of nowhere. It really is the middle of nowhere. If you've been to Clarence, I know you guys have been. It, you kind of feel you've got to fly into Johannesburg, then you've got to take a three-hour drive, and um, you end up in the beautiful kind of mountains of the Eastern Free State. Um, if you've been to Montana, kind of the Rockies is kind of similar to that, although more like sandstone and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just an amazing move. I've appreciated it more now being a parent about just kind of like what my parents went through doing that. We were enrolled in private school. My mom had enrolled us into private school. Um, my parents were very well off and they, they had to sell all of that um, to do this. And I remember at times um, here just I, I could tell that my parents had some tough times in those years. I later found out that there was, there was a stage where they could not afford books for us, for our homeschool. They were homeschooling at that stage, and they didn't have the money to buy us books. So you go kind of from like that lifestyle to that, and you can imagine that um, the questions get raised. Lord, are you actually with us? And I can really, um, we felt that moving to the States, like, Sometimes we've asked those questions ourselves. You go through tough times and you think when God calls you that all the doors are going to just open. You take a step, a door opens. You take another step, another door opens. But actually, it's not, it's not like that all the time. It, it's often not very clear. Um, and you really have to trust, right? You really have to trust. And you learn the definition and the meaning of that word. Trust doesn't mean, okay, I... You, I can see everything that's going to happen, or faith doesn't mean I can see what's going to happen exactly. No, it's, it's really leaning into the unknown. But anyway, we ended up living on a farm. It was a really cool lifestyle, kids. I grew up around snakes and jumping off rocks and climbing trees and all sorts of cool things right on the border of Lesotho. And I think the things that really stuck with me, I'll try and keep this brief, was just what God did among, in our church in, in that time. Um, we ministered primarily among the Basudu people, which was a real um, interesting dynamic because if you know the history of South Africa, in 1997, we were seven years out of the apartheid, which was a political racial system that basically segregated uh, you based off of your race. And we went basically into the kind of like one of the areas that was the most staunch um, as far as the segregation. So the people group that we were ministering to, the Basuda people, they were very, they were a broken people. Um, their hope was taken away. They were degraded. 
And then on top of that, there were other people, which I guess would, um, uh, from kind of the more wealthy side and um, in kind of Clarence and in the town, who didn't understand what we were doing. In fact, my dad was arrested and put in jail one time um, for kind of doing what he was doing. There was a specific captain in the army who really didn't like what he was doing and set up an ambush one time when my dad was trying to get across to some of our churches and he arrested him and my mom made a, a jail cake the next for his birthday was that week and his cake that that uh, week was a jail like <laughs> with a bird in it yeah jail bird. Um, it wasn't that bad but he wasn't he did spend a night in jail for the gospel so I guess he got that badge he got that t-shirt um, but honestly, I think some of the pressures they faced were real and kind of the misunderstandings. But God gave them this vision of this new people group that it doesn't matter what your socioeconomic kind of background is or what the color of your skin is, like everyone is called. And I think that's so important even as we consider regions beyond. It actually answers that question in itself, like why are we a part of these worldwide movements? Why is it um, important? But what I saw really was um, God raising up the poor, you know, in Psalms 12, it talks about how God takes the poor, he raises them off the ash heap, and he sits them with princes. And God's really, he's really done that. There's so many stories. But growing up in that church was just an amazing experience, seeing people just delivered, a lot of people delivered from spiritual oppression, because one of the main religions among the Pasudu people was ancestral worship. And I actually shared at our church at the end of a, a sermon the other day that um, when people came to Christ, one of the things they would have to do is cut off these. I've got these bands here from summer camp, um, but they would have black bands around their wrists. And basically what that was saying is my allegiance is with the ancestors. And I'm wearing this because I'm trying to please them. Because if I don't, I'm going to get sick. If I don't, I'm not going to be able to build wealth. If I don't, something's going to happen to my family. And it's all fear-based, and then you're connected with a witch doctor. But when you see these people come to Christ, they, they literally would cut these off. They would cut them off, and you see that step and that change. Um, just so many amazing stories like that. So growing up, I guess, I saw, I saw almost what you see in Acts, just those signs, those wonders, those beautiful things. And um, uh, I think one... A specific thing just for me as a young person, which is part of the reason why we started the summer camp since we've moved here to the States, was encountering God in a big way um, at a summer camp, like his spirit just coming on me in a big way. And then I knew as a 14-year-old, no, God is real and he has a call on my life specifically. And he's holy. So I was baptized in the spirit. And that was a point of real change. But beyond that, I've been, I can just be so grateful to my parents. That they, um, that they were obedient to God, even through the really difficult times, and that God is so faithful, you know, and he's faithful to you as well. As he calls you, he will be faithful to you. Um, but it has been an amazing journey. My parents, it was funny, when I was 19, I was ready to leave home, all right? I was going to do an a, uh, internship program in London, and a couple months before I was meant to leave, my dad sat me down. This will be my last story, and then we can go on to the next question. <laughs> and I still remember because for some reason we were sitting by the window, and I was just staring at this cup of tea with the, you know, my dad would always get up early and pray. I just always remember that. But I saw the mist coming off the cup of tea, and I just remember that for some reason. But basically my dad shared with me this long story about Abraham and 
uh, Sarah and this new child, and God had been speaking to them about moving to Dubai. Super out of the blue, like this was a huge change. We had planted this church, Diflabang. It was now 13 years later. God had done amazing things. And one of the verses, I've actually got it here. I'll find it quick. In Psalm 2, the verse of our church, you could say, which we had at the front from even the, um, the beginning of it was, Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of your earth your possession. And we truly prayed that. We truly prayed that as a church. And we sent people to the nations and we had people come to the nations. But what we didn't expect, what my parents didn't expect, was a new call to the nations. No one kind of expected that. Um, but God, God does, he calls us, right? And he, 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 he chooses us for these things. And uh, my dad was sitting me down and telling me about this. By the end of it, I was like, Dad, are we having a new baby? <laughs> like, are you guys pregnant? Like, I'm like 19, okay? Like, because he told me about Sarah and all these things. But no, I'm trying to like, we're, we feel that God is calling us to something new. Uh, oh, okay. All right. I mean, like, anyway. But what ended up happening was they moved to Dubai, my parents. And so here I am, the 19-year-old. Okay, I'm going, parents. I'm going to move to, to England. You guys, like, miss me. You know, like, it's going to be different. But here we are. Now my parents are also going. You guys are also going. And now I, you know, so we both ended up going, me to, to England. And my parents, um, with my two younger brothers, went to Dubai. And they lived there for seven years. And it was just amazing. Uh, and that was, I'll get, I think there's a question on regions beyond in a bit, but that's really how it was really birthed naturally in that way. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of, my, kind of my childhood. It was really, I only started wearing shoes at the age of 13. We kind of just <laughs> ran around, almost got bitten by a snake three times. Like, although now it's bears in Montana, so I don't oh, know what's yeah. better. Like, uh, I think I'll take snakes. Like, yeah. bears are scary. But anyway, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a, there actually, I wasn't going to ask a question about regions beyond, but you sort of asked yourself that question now. So uh, maybe like just a yeah. short version, because I want to hear about then you guys feeling called to America hmm. and what God has done through that. Yeah. But maybe just because you're in that topic, regions beyond really was um, birthed out of that church in the middle of nowhere uh, that your parents were leading that was praying Psalm 2. Yeah. And saying, Lord, we're actually asking for the nations. We have no logical business being a church for the nations, but that's what we're asking for. Would you give them to us? And then churches from all over the world began to get knit in, and Dubai played a role in that. And that's really the story of the birth of that movement. Maybe just a short version of, like, wh what did that look like? What was your perspective on how that happened? Yeah. So um, has anyone been to Dubai here before? Has anyone been to Dubai? Yeah. It's an amazing city. It's, if you look at it on the map, it's actually... The 1040 window is a kind of like a description of like the Middle East, and it's right at the center of that window. I think, I, I can't remember why it's called the 1040 window, but basically from Dubai, you can get anywhere in the world. So I think it was really strategic on God. God had a plan. He was thinking ahead. But when my parents moved to take over that church, there were already church plants that happened in Southern Africa out of um, my parents' ministry and others' ministries, and they were looking to my dad. and. Um, when my parents moved to Dubai, that didn't change. Those churches were still looking to my dad as almost like an apostolic leadership. And really what happened, what was amazing in Dubai was um, 
it's, it's super, just the amount of different nations. I think the church at one point had 40 different nations represented there. And uh, what was really cool was my dad, when he was told there, said, you, you can't build a church higher than like 150 or 200 because everyone's always transitioning out. You go to Dubai to earn money. You can't even retire there. It's like the law. If you're a foreigner, you can't even retire there. So you kind of go there to work and then you leave. Um, but it was amazing what God did. By the end of the time, people were extending their, their visas just to stay at the church, to be a part of what God was doing. There was something special happening there. And part of some of the stuff that was happening is this vision for, like, other nations. So here as part of this church, there were all these different nations of people that had been involved in different churches that started almost naturally, like, connecting their churches with, uh, with my dad and with the team there. And um, I would say that's kind of how Regions Beyond was born. It was also out of uh, New Frontiers. So New Frontiers was a sphere with hundreds of churches around the world. And what Terry Virgo decided, I think, in like 2010, somewhere there, was that, hey, somebody else is not going to take my position. I'm going to select like 30 like apostolic guys. And I want you to just run with what God's doing and keep our values. That was like kind of his call on them. So my dad, at that point, already had churches looking to him. And then it took a couple of years, and the natural thing was like, okay, we need to give this thing a name because we already have like 20, 30, 40 churches as part of this thing, and we need a bit of an identity. Um, and that's kind of how Regions Beyond was born. And the yeah. verse, you can look it up, is 2 Corinthians 10, 16. Paul actually talks about the Regions Beyond. Not in my Bible, though, I have the wrong version, but if you have oh, yeah. the right version, it's... It specifically says the regions beyond. I think that's um, the NIV, which, which is what I teach out of. Oh, okay. so, yeah. Yeah. Not that so yours is the go. wrong Bible, yeah. but it's just, you know, it doesn't say the word phrase regions beyond. Yeah. yeah, so there we go. So that's where the name comes from, if you're wondering. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 10, 16. But it was almost like a natural thing, um, and it just kind of happened out of what God was doing, which is really exciting. And I would say that's still the heart of regions beyond. Like, it's churches still join because, not because they're kind of like headhunted or like, hey, you need to... It's more like a natural relationship thing. It just kind of happens, which is really cool. Awesome. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about how, you, how and when you guys felt called to the United States and uh, kind of the, the highlights and lowlights of you know, what you've experienced uh, being on the other side of the world in a foreign country. Yeah, yeah so it's, it is an amazing story. Pray for my wife. <laughs> No, she's amazing. Um, when Lorena and I met, we both felt that God was going to call us to the nations. We didn't know ex specifically where, but um, we got married. I had, I had gone to England, come home, and then gone to, uh, to back where I was born, kind of Cape Town area, to study. Lorene was there. We knew we wanted to get married. And we got married and very involved with the church there and trying to keep this kind of brief. But we, we did a mission trip to Zimbabwe. And there we had a prophetic word from a gentleman, um, and he, he basically said, hey, it's time to leave the mountain. And if you know that area of the world, like, well, Somerset West, we were at, it's just east of Cape Town. It, everything happens around a mountain called Helderberg Mountain. So we just knew immediately. We were leading the youth group at that point, but we felt, wow, God's calling us. But we didn't know to where. We didn't know to what. And my parents, they own a, a beautiful farm in the Eastern Free State. And at that point, they were still in Dubai. And they said, hey, would you guys come and run it for like two, like come and run it just for the foreseeable future. Um, so we did. 
And uh, I would say for me, that was, that was a tough time. It felt almost like a wilderness time. And it felt like, wow, we're taking steps backwards. I was super involved in what I felt my gifting was. And now I'm like doing something completely different. What we were doing was running like Airbnbs for my parents and helping them kind of build up a business there on the farm. And it was great. I mean, in many ways, I mean, that is the reason we actually are in the States. Um, but yeah, so God used that time. So we had a time of real just kind of like, wow, that we do feel like God's like really plucked us out and he's placed us. He's taken me back home, which is a whole nother thing. You know, once you leave home and come back, things, it shifts, things change. Um, but we would run a, uh, we would run like leadership training times for regions beyond. And Lorene and I at that stage were just doing the food. That's what we did. We got everything ready. We got, we did the food. We managed all of the background stuff. And we met a couple from Missoula, Montana. And, um, we went out for pizza with them and they were like, Hey, we want to pay. We had a great chat with them. And we were like, Oh, thank you. We just bought coasters. You know what a coffee coaster is like for ourselves, like South Africa. We had actually bought them for ourselves. We were like, oh, we just want to bless you guys. Yeah, take that. Thank you. Anyway, it turns out like um, a couple weeks later, they were back in the U.S. and they were praying and asking God like, Lord, um, so Revive in Missoula had been through a bit of transition and they didn't have anyone to help with their youth work. And this couple were praying in their lounge and said, Lord, please give us wisdom. And they, they opened their, hi, Siri. They, they opened their, um, their eyes and looked at the table, and there's our coasters sitting there on the coffee table. And they were like, what about Cameron and Lorene? And then they called some of the apostolic guides, I think Trevor Payne, they actually called Trevor Payne, um, who's based out of England and uh, very involved in regions beyond. And they said, hey, this is what we're thinking. What are you thinking? He said, well, ask them. Just ask them. And so we're here because of co coffee coasters. So that's actually the... <laughs> Like partly, which is weird. Um, but they actually asked us, and uh, Lorreen was pregnant with Leah. And uh, I had literally, literally a week before just said to my dad, hey, dad, we're enjoying life on the farm. We'll commit to another year here. We don't know what afterwards. So anyway, this had happened, and I got this email. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really exciting. And then I just thought through the, the practicalities, and I was like, and I just knew the timing wasn't right. It wasn't right. So um, it excited me and kind of what I felt was like my calling and all of that. But I was like, this isn't the right timing. So obviously we chatted and, and we actually said no, uh, which was really hard. I had to really close the door on the States. Um, and then uh, we carried on at the farm. And a year later, they, they actually asked us again. Um, so a year later, they asked us again. and. Uh, we prayed about it and we said, we said yes. We, we did have also some prophetic kind of like precedent for it or God had spoken to us um, a couple years before. In fact, if any of you know Janet Brand, we were in a conference in Dubai and she said, I see you guys as a tree and I see you getting ripped from the ground and God planting you somewhere completely new. And in that place, you're going to be fruitful and your roots are going to grow and all these things. And we just kind of felt, wow, this, that is this. This is where God's calling us. Yeah, so in 2017, we moved here after a long um, visa process. Um, and uh, we've been part of Revive ever since. It's been, we've been here six years now. And uh, there's just been a lot of blessing. I think one thing that just comes to mind for me 
is just the summer camp that um, our regions beyond summer camp, just seeing what God's done with that, connecting our young people together has just been so wonderful. Um, and you guys have had some young people involved in that. Um, but God's really blessed that. And it's been an exciting thing to kind of, we, you know, we started that off. Actually, that's where I really got to know Matt. I kind of, right. right? I like Through invited, summer camp, I think yeah. I was like, yeah. We, hey, we first met in 2017 on the farm in South Africa. Right. Uh, but really got to know each other through the summer camps, and I would go and speak there and yeah. spend time together. Yeah, would you drive five hours to Montana for one night and <laughs> preach, please? And yeah. it was just, I still remember his word, but it's just really amazing. Uh, but just, we had like 44 students in this little log cabin, and God's really expanded it, and I think what's been the most exciting is it's been impacting the nations, because every year we're bringing people from overseas. We had Abo and Simon. There were actually our youth they were in our youth group when we were in South Africa, and it's almost this full circle. And it's just what I was so emotional the whole time because they were like, they were kids. Now he leads the youth group I used to lead, and he's coming and sharing at camp and being a blessing and, and all of that. So it's just wonderful to, um, wonderful to, to see. Um, yeah, and, and, then and if I can jump in, I, Cam's going to skip over it or downplay it, but we've seen incredible things at these summer camps. Like, I, I don't have anything to compare it to, honestly just the way the Holy Spirit has fallen on those times and been working among the youth and just these young people on fire for God and beautiful things happening and prophetic words being brought and physical healing and just like you can feel the Holy Spirit in the place in a way that's pretty unique. And that all happened because of you guys willing to come here and sacrifice and have the vision and do this thing that's just changing the lives of young people in America. Yeah, I'll, I'll share two. Actually, that reminds me. I'll share two stories from summer camp, and then I'll touch on like the hard bits, and then we'll we can we can finish. But, yeah. um, so three years ago at summer camp, a leader came up to me. Hey, I feel that God has this word about suicide. I feel like there's youth here that are um, they have this in mind. Like, and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is such a this is crazy. I'm like, Well, you're gonna have to take the mic and share. And he shared, and, but the reason why I was also like, oh my gosh, he said, I feel like God's saying they need to stand on their chairs. <laughs> they need to like step out. Anyway, this happened, and five young people stood in the chair. And some of them, we were like, we knew them, they were part of family, you know, we were just like, oh my gosh. Like, and it's just amazing how the devil gets in. And, but in that, moment, in that moment, you could just feel the spirit come down, and the prayer was, Lord, would you break these chains? And these chains were totally broken. You could just see, it was like you could physically feel them fall off in the room. And there's just been story after story. But this year, something that happened the last night, picture this, we've been running the camp for now a week. I am exhausted. And we kind of finished the last word on the Thursday night. And I'm like, okay, it's 9.30, like bedtime's 10.30. Plus this year, there's a change. We have to be out of camp by 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. That's what the camp hosts have told us. Like, and they've been prepping us for weeks, like how important this is. And we normally leave at 12. So we, we got to like wake up early. So I'm thinking of all the practicalities of how do we get 200 and something people out of camp and make sure that the teenagers clean up their rooms really well. <laughs> like talk about- We like need a the, miracle. Yeah, Lord. all is possible yeah. <laughs> if you only believe. But uh, honestly, I was just feeling like- Lord, this isn't. Then what happens is I get this young man come up to me, and honestly, he comes from a home that doesn't have a Christian background. He's given his life to the Lord a year ago, and he's, yeah, he's kind of like 
um, very early on in his walk with Christ, and he's in our youth group, and he says to me, Cam, I had a vision. I'm like, yes, what is it, Taven? And he's like, I saw the Holy Spirit coming, and this is at the end of the meeting. This is 9.30 p.m. I saw the Holy Spirit coming in here and cleaning out all the darkness and the demons and the sin. And I'm like, ah, Taven, that's, that's a great word. Thanks for bringing it. I appreciate it. He just told me personally we're kind of tidying up, and I'm like, thank you. So I appreciate that, thinking, yeah, that kind of just happened. We've seen that happening for the whole week. It's bedtime now, bud. I'm like, yeah, you need to get ready for bed. I'm like, and then after that, I'm like, great, thanks for your work. We need to start getting ready for bed. You know, like, anyway, not like five minutes later, um, this little prayer meeting starts out at the front between like three youth. They start praying for each other. And this one girl, whatever you think of this, she throughout the meeting had oil coming out of her hands and it wouldn't stop and out of her feet for like the whole meeting. Anyway, this young lady was laying, she's the ringleader, laying, laying hands on these young people, and they start shaking, God starts moving. And it's like, okay, this is cool. It's 9.30. I guess we've got a bit of time. We can pray. <laughs> Next thing, now it's not only three, it's like 20. And then it's not only 20, it's 40. And now it's not 9.30, it's 12 at night. And this, this it's still going. And I'm kind of, I'm really like, and I've, I've already like prayed with God and, and like apologized for my <laughs> attitude. Because one of my favorite verses in the Bible is 1 Thessalonians 5.19, which says, do not quench the spirit. And here I am. I'm exhausted. I'm ready to call it quits. Like, guys, I'm sorry. Like, I don't care if heaven's breaking out right now. I don't care if you weren't walking and now you are. We're going to bed. You know, I really felt like that. And I felt almost angry. And I was like, God, like, why? Like, why? I'm so tired. And how are we going to get out of here? Anyway, 1.30 in the morning, like, I actually went to bed. I was like, you know. But I'm so grateful that actually I didn't step out and do that. Like, say, look, a lot of the leaders who had a lot more grace than me at that point in the week were leading it. And there was this amazing prayer meeting that turned out to be the pinnacle of camp on the last evening. And just the Holy Spirit. Like it wasn't leader-led, it was student-led. And there was something special. And since that day, I believe there's something special for this younger generation. They are facing incredible odds, difficult things, powerful temptations. But God has a hand on them in a unique way. Um, so just the most powerful thing. And the amazing thing was 7 a.m. was our first meeting. That next morning, we had to meet. Like that was our session at 7 a.m. We're going to do a session, breakfast, tidy. And everyone was there at 7 a.m. So praise God. I mean, that was a miracle just in itself. But Okay, so that's summer camp, just some stories. Just so wonderful. But I would say, you know, for us in America, and I'll end with this, just, you know, we face, I, I'll, I'll honestly say it's not always clear sailing. You know, when you're stepping out for God, don't expect it to just be, I mean, just think of Paul, right? Shipwrecked two or three times. Like, you just think of the suffering that he went through. Um, and our verse as a, as a family is from Mark 10, where Jesus talks about, like, hey, those who leave family and houses and land, you know, will not only inherit, you know, in this life a hundred times, but in the life to come. But even the inheriting in this time is not always what you expect, right? God blesses us in these different ways. And I can honestly say, like, we have a family, like God's given us a family, like beyond just our immediate family. But 
in so many different ways we've seen God come through. But we've had some, some tough times as well, and times where we're like, Lord, we aren't clear about what you want right now, but we're going to step forward and lean in. And um, I think that's the thing. But what I can say, and we know this, but I want to just remind you, is that God is faithful. And if he calls you, he will bring you through. It might not always work out or look the way you expect, um, but he will do it. He is going to call you, so I hope that. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, we, in just a second, are going to show a video update from our brothers and sisters in India, part of the, the Regions Beyond family, and then we're going to take some time to pray for them. We want to pray for you guys as well and all that you've done, and we'll maybe touch on this next week when we talk about the global family and what it looks like, but I think in America we have the sense of like, oh, we, you know, people in America are called to go into the nations, especially in light of our privileged position in the world, you know, kind of, you know, hierarchy or whatever you would call it. We're called to go into the nations and do that. But I think one of the greatest needs in the American church is for people from the nations to come to us. Uh, and so we are so grateful for you guys, for your family, for all that you've given up and sacrificed, for the years of visa work, for all of that stuff. And I hope there are other people who are willing, from the nations, who are willing to do the same thing because we want to see an expression of global family here in our nation uh, that's not just a, a one-directional thing. So we're grateful for you guys. As you think about where you're at and even what lies ahead, what are maybe one or two things that we can pray over your family? Um, uh, yeah, I think... Um... You could pray. Number one, the thing that comes to mind is we're in, we're currently in the middle of a uh, green card process. That's been like a long process. It's been long, and we need some favor there. So, if you guys um, can pray for that, that'll be wonderful. Just breakthrough. We should be hearing in the next like three to five months. Really, it could be at any point. Um, I would think you know that would be one. Um, is it for like us specifically or just beyond as well? Or Whatever's on your heart, however we can pray for you. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think the other thing that's just been on my, on my heart, we have such a great opportunity um, just to be in one another's worlds, like as regions beyond in the Northwest. Right now we have like six churches or something. And just continue to pray that we'll be just fruitful in that, that, that we'll all kind of like, almost in a sense, play our part, but just sense what, what is God doing? Like, where, how does he want us to, to be involved, especially as we go into this, this month? So I think those would be the two things. Like God will, I, guess, I guess what I'm saying is, like, it's been so special at the summer camp, seeing what God is doing. It's like you just see the next generation is, has, like, got it. They kind of see what God is doing in the church, and it's kind of like, wow, like, let's, now let's, like, let's, Let's encourage them and support them in what God's going to do. So I guess just continued fruitfulness over our churches in the U.S., I think, would be. So that's awesome. a prayer for yourselves. That's a prayer for Revive Missoula. That's a prayer for Squim, Washington. Um, it could even be a prayer just for the church in large in the U.S., but just for the church and that we would be fruitful. And whatever God's placed on our heart, whether, you know, it's just this heart, like whatever God's given us, that we'll be faithful with it. And, uh, yeah, that would be Awesome. Thanks so much. Let's give it up for Cam. Thanks for being with us this morning. <laughs> Wonderful to have you. Um...